Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Let's talk about this ESPN deal with Penn. Mm. Um, Can you, you want to break it down? I know you put up a post about it, but it, some people might not have seen it. I, I think you did it pretty eloquently, my brother. So the, the ESPN deal with, with Penn Gaming, uh, Dave Portnoy is involved. Give, give us the parameters of what happened there. Dave Portnoy. Is that how you say his name? I believe so. Yep. Yeah. So um, he's the guy who started Barstool Sports. Um, and they have a media division. They have a podcast network. That's who Gillian Wallow is under. Uh, so he sold his company a few months back for $550 million to Penn. Mm-hmm. Penn is an online gaming company of sorts. Uh, but then Penn struck a deal with ESPN last week, $1.5 billion um, for sports gaming, book of business. But part of the deal was that they couldn't have competition that they own mm-hmm. in a non-complete situation. So that made it a conflict of interest for them to own Barstool because that was part of, uh, you know, they had gaming, gaming on it, gambling on it. So they had to get rid of their Barstool position. So they sold it back to Dave for $1. Yep. Um, but then that caused them to have $850 million loss on their books, Q3. Mm. 
um, they're going to write off, I believe, $700 million as a write-off. And um, yeah, this is where we're at. So Dave, I think he actually sold this company twice. Um, but he said this time he will not sell it because part of the deal that Penn struck was that if he does sell it again in the future, they get 50% of the sale if he sells again, but he said that he's um, not planning on selling. So sells his company for 550 million, buys it back for a dollar <laughs> and loses 850 million, but strikes a deal with ESPN for 1.5 billion. <laughs> and uh, that's where we're at. Um, kudos to Dave. I, I don't think, uh, he gets enough credit for you know, some of his ingenuity and in that space. Um, as far as the pen and ESPN deal, would it it'll now be called ESPN bet? I keep saying that every business on earth is going to be in a hedge fund business, especially as the market gets tighter, the economy gets tighter. If you are not making people money or helping their lives some way financially, you're going to be in trouble over the next four or five years. I never, like if I came to 20, well, let's say five years ago, it was like Disney is going to have a betting service attached to it. You would have laughed me out of the room. I think it is a sign and change of direction. And I don't know if it'd be a hit or not, um, but I think it's a massive change in direction because a lot of the media properties that we've grown up with and loved are not working. Um, brilliant move by Penn. You can't be mad a day for buying this company back for a dollar. I think he has a non-compete in that space for a few years, um, but he'll find his way to be able to get back in that field eventually. But I don't know if this is the right move for Disney. I think it can either be a grand slam or a massive strikeout. Um, I wonder if there's some conflict of interest with the talent that they hire, if they are leaning towards a particular team and a sports book ends up leaning that way. Um, so it's going to be interesting from like a regular regulatory standpoint, how this is going to work. Um I give Disney credit for, for making a move to do something with the ESPN and monetize that fan base, but I don't know if it's going to move the needle for them in the long term. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I think it's an interesting time for Disney. Um, and we spoke about it very candidly about some of the mishaps and how they're going to have to try to raise revenue. Sports betting is something, I mean, we've seen it taken off, especially yeah. when uh, more states have allowed it to be done. Uh, and so we've seen it, even from ESPN, a standpoint of – if you watch some of the networks, it'll just be, especially like on Sundays. I think that the timing of the announcement is very important. Yeah, August is training camp. We know football is the biggest thing that gets better on in this country. Mm -hmm. So they, they want to get this out and roll it out before the football season starts. So that's going to bring a lot of revenue. I think it'd be interesting to watch. There's already sports betting channels, right? And so now to have ESPN have a piece of it, I'm not sure how they're going to finesse it, where you can maybe do it live uh, from your remote. Like, well, well I, I want to see how it gets rolled out. But yeah. It's interesting, just three or four years ago, one of the main sources of revenue was from sports betting agencies, right? You remember when DraftKings was the commercial, yeah. every two commercials on ESPN. And so they lose that standpoint of getting revenue from then. And then you saw them on the floors of the NBA. And so that's a product that's played on ESPN and Disney. And so they're going to might lose revenue from that. So. It'll it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I I, I want to see how it's rolled out. I know there'll be programming like as there is already. Every 
time there's a game or and especially during the basketball season now and and baseball just heading toward the playoffs interested to see what kind of programming and who will be the talent that has that programming mm-hmm. and how effective it's going to be the other side of it it's I want to see what it does for companies like DraftKings and MGM uh, and Flutter. And when I say Flutter, most people have no idea, but Flutter is the company that actually owns FanDuel. Yeah. So I know I know FanDuel is something that's used widely a- a- across our country for sure um, from all ages. And so I want to see wh- how they combat in that space where they now have live sports embedding together um, rather than having to go to another platform to do it um, and bet the thing that doesn't work in ESPN's advantage, I, from my perspective, is that most people don't watch ESPN on their phone. Yep, it's still a still a linear thing, right? You're you're yeah. watching the channel. It's not like the first thing when I want to watch ESPN is I'm going to go to ESPN TV on my phone. And so most people, when they do sports betting, they do do it on their phone. They don't yeah. do it on from a linear thing. So I, that'll be something they have to work out. Um, and I, I'm sure, I mean, they they're already thinking about it because they want to make the move, but. I want to see how they they adapt that to making more ESPN users now go to their mobile devices, which is a problem that they've had, especially when they lose ad dollars from having it on linear TV. Rashad, what you think? Yeah, I think uh, from an ESPN standpoint, you know, you got to try to diversify your portfolio. So sports betting, I mean, obviously everybody's getting sports betting now. Mm -hmm. professional, Professional sports leagues are actually trying to embrace sports betting. Uh, so, you know, I think it's like, you know, marijuana at this point, you can't really run from it. You just got to kind of embrace it and see how you can make money from it. So it would make sense that if ESPN considers themselves the leader in sports, I think that's their tagline, mm-hmm. that they would, you know, want to be positioned to be the leader in sports betting as well. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I see uh, I see a world where, you know, everything kind of ties in, even at, at some of their results they might have you know, places to bet um, at, at their resorts that they own. Maybe not yeah. like Disneyland per se, but there's a lot of different Disney-owned locations uh, that could be more friendly towards gaming, mm-hmm. uh, gambling. So I think you, yeah, I could see that Disney World. Like alcohol was something that was frowned upon for years That's at true. Disney World. And now look at al- alcohol is, is permitted in the parks. And so what's the stop at ESPN zone that has a sports betting book? I mean, well, Disneyland for sure. So Disneyland in California, you're saying, or I'm just saying Disney world. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Disney world yeah. is a little bit more geared towards kids, but Disneyland is more geared towards adults, I think. Yeah. Um, so I think that places like Disneyland yeah, maybe Disney world um, and different Disney retreats mm-hmm. all across the world and different things of that location, like, you know, people, they have set up for you to, to gamble. Cruise ships. Yeah, cruise ships for sure. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting, but I think that um, they're in position to benefit from it for sure. So I think they just have to pull up, fully roll out the infrastructure properly, but they're definitely in position to benefit from it. They have the, they have all the tools needed to make money. DraftKings and MGM. If I would have got that news when I woke up, I would have been upset. That's so all what about it. Everybody we got put let's put let's put Caesars in there too, because they're not excluded. They're not excluded from this. You never know. One day, one of the biggest platforms may wake up and decide to be your competition. You have to always worry about that. And I, sometimes I was listening to um interview with Gilman Fertitta, 
who owns the Rockets. He has a, a good quote about like always being somewhat paranoid. And the moment that you stop looking behind your back to see who's coming for you, that's when people make a lot of mistakes. Um, I think DraftKings had a great moment into the pandemic, but I'm sure they tried to do a partnership and it didn't work. But this is a classic case of a bigger brand not doing well and copying from a little a smaller brand or a smaller entity. And we see it in music all the time. Like the artists would be hot and then they'll take someone up who's lo- local or up and coming and they'll take their style and infuse it into theirs. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the biggest move for Disney, but I do commend them for trying to do something. But MGM, yeah. Caesars, DraftKings, they're definitely going to be in trouble. Yeah, it saves on the advertising for sure. That was one of the things with DraftKings. It was like they spent so much money on advertising that it was tough to make a profit when you don't have all 50 states or you don't even have half the states that are having legal sports betting. And so one of the things that they decided to do was cut back on the spending and cut back on the advertising and let the product be. So Disney Disney has so much space that they can put advertising on that it becomes a natural fit for Penn. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. All right. 